got next. This is Free Association with Donovan Bennett and J.D. Bunkus. What's good, everybody? This is Free Association. I am J.D. Bunkus. He is Donovan Bennett. Been a little while. A little off-season podcast. Just, you know, we're working off-season hours these days. Uh, we appreciate the listens. And as always, everybody that hits uh, the iTunes page to subscribe and review. And subscribes really on wherever you get your podcasts or however you listen to this bad boy. So, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering up now because we have show here today producing the show. And... Big movie guy show. Yeah, I just learned. It, as yeah, I he has, he has his own video. podcast called Showtime, which is really good. It's a great name, actually. Yeah, it is. A, it, well, I, not to take credit from show here, but what you gave him the name? Kind of. He named well. The first name of it was Houston. We have a podcast, which wasn't bad. Like I, I will say, wasn't bad. But when your name is Show. You got to mix that in to the title somehow. Like it, it's just got to go down. So does, does show agree with your recollection on how yeah, this happened? Would you show, agree? Yeah. Fire your mic up. See, turn your mic on. Actually, I don't know if it works in the studio. You guys hear me? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, we hear. Yeah, you. we hear loud you. and clear. Yeah, no, I, I would say I would say you gave me the name for that. I would. Yeah. As See? he's trembling because he's Boom. afraid of yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that, <laughs> yes, that did. did. Yes, that did. is exactly what it sounds like we'll when you put a later. gun to someone's head and ask them a question like, uh, "So, would you not agree?" Like, I'm not a dictator. You can tell me if I'm a liar. Like, you, I, I, I'm not a, I'm, I, I know what the truth is. So, top top three basketball movies of all time. Yeah, Go. hit me. Actually, think on White it. White Man think Can't Jump. Oh, well, he doesn't need to well, you think. Don't need to. He's got his own movie podcast. Okay. White Man Can't Jump. I, I disagree. Go on. You know what? I have to think about the rest. Yeah, give, All it, right. give it time. Well, we'll circle a, we back call that on a that. tease in the business. Yeah, we'll, we'll By the end it. of the pod, we'll have the next two for you to watch all off-season when there's no basketball uh, associates. I'll even let you I'll even let you renege on White Man Can't Jump if you if you feel like that was a snap decision, like the first thing that came to your head. Uh, so I was a little grumpy before I talked to the show today because here in Toronto, it's my least favorite season. Um, I think we've talked about this before, maybe privately about our, our different preferences in climate. And this is the worst to me where it just, it's, it's, it's a muggy, it's that horrible. It's 27 degrees and sunny. So on paper, it looks great, but then it says feels like 35 because it's just all of the humidity at once and it's raining, but the rain doesn't take any of the, 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 the humidity away. It just compounds it. And we go through this like two week stretch where it's just muggy every single day. You don't get any reprieve at night. Everybody in the city is grumpy and kind of bumping into each other. There was no courtesy on the commute today. There was no courtesy. People are sweaty. People are stinky. It's just, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks for me. I, I, again, I, I don't like to brag. You know I don't like to brag. But you're welcome for coming in and doing this podcast today, people. Because I wanted to shut it all down. Like, I really wanted to shut it all down. I don't think anyone feels a debt of gratitude to you. There's many great <laughs> basketball podcasts out there. I, I don't think I don't, don't, I don't think they feel sorry you, for sir. you because you have to commute in Toronto, how which dare is a, you? a top three city in the world. It is, but don't you agree that this this time of year Don't people, I agree that what? There's well, this thing called global warming and it's really hot? Yeah, but and that but it could we get be, this every year. It could be February first and you could be freezing. I like no, I, I don't I prefer I, don't, I prefer to freeze. Well you're a fool. No, because freezing you can bundle up. You can add layers and then you can you can go outside 
here in the summer, there's no escaping this humidity. Like, you can't put a bubble around you, a little air conditioning bubble. You sweat, no we, matter what you do. Listen, we're not wild animals. We don't have fur. Humans were not made to live in such climates where you need to bundle up in the first place. We yeah. need to get closer to the equator. It should be hot so you like all this? of the time. You don't think people are grumpier outside right now? No. You not, don't think people me. are like a little bit more upset and a little like snappier, sweatier? No. If, and if they are, the, no. If they are, they're punks. I hate, I hate, I hate you Canadians because it's only people you. who... You. Yeah. Like you're not one? No, let me finish. Because <laughs> it's only people who are... Who are, who are Born here, and their their parents, 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 parents were born here. Who complain about the heat? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you'd rather you'd rather to, to be brushing snow fall. off your car. Fall, I want shut fall. up. I want a shut long up and fall. put on a t shirt. Yeah, I look at me. I'm no, wearing a t shirt. I know you are. I'm, I'm just tr- saying. I did my when, best. When when you get in the elevator and someone's like, "Oh, this weather," can you believe it? Yeah, I can believe it. I want it <laughs> okay, to be well, warmer that's a horrible, for longer. That's a Let's horrible move to the statement. tropics. Can you, you kidding believe me? it? Yeah, I can I believe it. I hate when people weather. complain about the weather. Let's talk about basketball. Yeah, please. we will. Uh, last thing, dear God, I I read that story about those two guys that were in the elevator during the flooding the other day and how it took like they were had like one foot of airspace left. I don't think I've ever. Heard anything more terrifying than that story uh, locally uh, when it comes to like last minute escapes. So, a couple How things. How was the flood that bad? I, I have no idea. It was, it was raining for like 25 minutes. Yeah, but hard. Like it was just, it was just nuts. Okay, but still, I mean, it wasn't Noah's Ark. Like, yeah. Clearly, our infrastructure is messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, it, it's true. We, we got some problems in the downtown core. So, a bunch of things to hit on today. Uh, sent you guys a message last night, said we got to get in here because. We didn't even know we got even added content. There was Kawhi Leonard issued his statement today, which I think is hilarious. I'm going to read it in a second. But uh, here's on the agenda today. Greg Monroe and the subsequent rotational questions that come with him. Uh, Christmas Day snubs. And yes, now the, the some Kawhi Leonard updates because Danny Green has his own podcast now. I'm, I'm hoping to get him on. Uh, I, I'd like to, to actually come in studio and, and chat with us at some point this offseason. But basically, he... He spoke on Kawhi Leonard's silence after the trade to Toronto, and he just said he didn't think that he messed up. And he said, this is the quote, I don't think he messed up, but he kind of left us, his teammates, to speak for him because he didn't say anything. Could he have handled it differently? I wouldn't say, be- uh, I wouldn't say better, but he probably could have made a statement or said something. And literally, well, the, the day after. If he could handle it differently, wouldn't that yeah. by default be better like Listen, aren't there only two outcomes here yeah handle it the same or handle it different and if one would be different then wouldn't you be advocating for Listen, him to handle it better don't bring this up don't don't do this because we already know Kawhi is what? super like, sensitive and use language properly well the <laughs> thing is is that Kawhi was like the final straw was a hall of famer one of the greatest spurs of all time being taken out of context when discuss- discussing his injury so I could see how Danny Green wants to tiptoe around what he says about Kawhi Leonard, right? Like, I, I think that there's a little bit of precedent here of be tread lightly when speaking of Kawhi Leonard as one of his teammates. Well, I, is it about him being happy and staying here? I mean, Danny Green doesn't care. He's, he only has one more year left on his deal. Or, yeah, sure. Or but it, I'm, I'm sure he wants him to be here for this one season. This, this one season represents Danny Green's uh, best opportunity to win a championship with Kawhi. See, I, I mean, well, he's already won a championship with Kawhi, but that's I, true. I, I would say more like the fear factor, literally, no disrespect to Joe Rogan, of Kawhi Leonard. Like, we always talk about, okay, if you have a Royal Rumble, you know, which player is coming out. If you had a Royal Rumble in the Raptors locker room, are you not 
putting your money on Kawhi to be the last man standing? In a Royal Rumble in the Raptors locker room? Yeah, like if everyone is fighting in a ring and you have to figure out who the last dude is. Uh, no, I got to go with JV. Uh, that's a good one. I mean, he does have obviously a reach advantage. And not, not but, only but reach, he, height, weight, but I'm giving, and he also has a temper. But I'm giving like three points to someone who doesn't speak. Because people who don't Agree. speak have another level of crazy. Agree. I've always said if someone has to tell you how great of a fighter they are, that guy can't fight. So Charles Oakley can't fight? Because he can tell he, you how great a fighter he is. But he shows you with action before. Like, I don't even think Charles Oakley talks a lot of smack. Like, he didn't until, I think, later in his career, we started hearing him on more podcasts. We got him on here. That he would actually talk about, you know, getting into fights. And he was talking about fights from the past. So maybe he Guys could no talk longer game. fight, but at, in his oh. height he could fight? Is that By the way, speaking of Charles Oakley, just quick side tangent. Did you see that story? He got ar- arrested in Vegas for cheating. I mean, yeah. I, so he pled no I, contest. And they fined him a thousand dollars. I was like, I, "What? My whole life, I've been led to believe if you cheat in Las Vegas, it's like you go out into a back alley and some mobsters break your legs." And here's Charles Oakley, thousand dollars. I feel like Vegas doesn't want that that headline of "Come here, cheat," and it's a thousand dollar fine. Well, to be continued. I mean, the things that <laughs> yes. you, you, you <laughs> yes, described yeah. could still happen. Oh, look out, Oak! Look out. Uh, although I'd hate to be that for mo- first mobster in, as uh, that security guard learned a couple of years in New York. First guy in on Charles Oakley's probably uh, probably not making it out alive. So to basketball, Kawhi Leonard. He he hears Danny Green. He says, "You know what? Maybe it is time to issue a statement. Maybe it is time to have my teammates stop speaking for me." Here, let me release a statement. Here's the thing, too. I, I, I'm going to ask you first. Did, you read it, right? I guess. This feels like something that maybe he did write. Like, that this wasn't, this wasn't a Players' Tribune piece from Kawhi Leonard. Well, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't a Players' Tribune piece because it wasn't in the Players' Tribune. Yeah, but it was I, in the local paper. But it, there's 100% this was signed Uncle Dennis. Like, yeah. Kawhi Leonard did not go to his computer and say Microsoft Word <laughs> <Okay>. documents. <laughs> like, there's zero chance that He could have opened up a happened. notepad on his, on his phone like no. a lot of us do. That's what I do when I need to jot down some no. thoughts. Then we would have got the tweet with the notes. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That, that, is a, that is a staple move if it actually is the player, is the, is the uh, screenshot of the notepad. Do you, know, you know when you, you get sent a Microsoft Word document and it has, like, whoever the the account is registered to yeah. on the file name. Yeah. 100% it says Uncle Dennis. Okay, so this is the statement from Kawhi Leonard. From After a lot of time to not speak to Spurs San Antonio, I have been going back and forth the last few weeks trying to figure out the right things to say. Oh, last few weeks, this should be good. And it comes down to two simple words. Oh, uh, thank you. My family and I want to say thank you, all in caps, by the way. All the thank yous are in caps. That's why I'm going to say them that way. To the entire Spurs organization and people and fans of San Antonio, thank you to every one of my teammates I've played with over my seven years in the NBA. Thank you, Pop. I'll be grateful for my growth under your guidance. Thank you to the fans. There is no more passionate or dedicated fan base than what I've witnessed in San Antonio. Throughout all the ups and downs, I'm glad there were more ups. I'll never forget what we shared and accomplished together. While I'm looking forward to the next chapter of my career, I'll always remember the city and the people of San Antonio. Thank you, Kawhi Leonard. Raptors fans are like, excuse me? 
there are no better fans. Oh, come on. That, really? Yeah. You, you know want to talk about your you know last what? check? That is, you, that when is, you're with me? That is the Raptors. You better keep your eyes looking forward, Kawhi. That would be the Raptors fans' reaction. The the disrespect angle getting played into immediately upon making everything about themselves uh, that isn't about them. No better fans. So uh, I think that there's a bunch of fan bases that are equally as good and that is really there's no one is better than the other. There's just a class of elite when it comes to fans. I think San Antonio's in there with the Raptors. That's such a PC answer. Yeah. What? The, 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 we need a photo finish of fans? Yeah. That I, one can't I think be there's better only than... so good you can be. Nah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think there's only so good you can be. I think you're either a great fan base or you're kind of a mediocre fan base or you're a bad fan base like the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so a couple things from that statement. A few weeks to come up with thank you is <laughs> interesting uh, to begin with. But yeah, there's just like, I, I guess like you didn't expect any clarity from Kawhi Leonard in any of this. JD, you've thought about this statement longer officially than Kawhi Leonard has. I think that's true. The thought was, okay, I guess we need to put out a statement. But but at this point, okay, that's my actual question about all this. If If it got to this point with San Antonio and him not saying anything and it taking so long... How are you going to come with that? Like, that's something that you released the the day after being traded. Like, what what took so long for that statement? It's weird. What took so long is that he didn't want to release a statement because he doesn't feel thanks to anyone that he mentioned or <laughs> yeah, Uncle Dennis mentioned. It, it was just, it's just, let me check a box. I don't want to be the bad guy. You think this makes him the good guy in San Antonio? All of a sudden? It just gives him some sort of plausible deniability. Listen, I was grateful. I've actually so grateful. I put it on ink. You can reference yeah. this forever and ever. Amen. I said, thank you. End of story. He doesn't, he doesn't really, really care. Yeah. I and, and nor, and, nor, and to be honest, nor should he No. peace. He left. Yeah. He and, left, and when he goes back there, they're going to boo his ass. So why should he be thanking them? He's He was utility to them. When he was playing for them, they loved him. Mm-hmm. When Pop turned the media against them, they hated him. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like he should feel any type of way about the fans of San Antonio because before he was drafted there, they didn't know who he was. They weren't checking for him at San Diego State. So why should he feel some sort of gratitude towards them? Why? Because he entertained them for a bunch of years? They should be saying thank you to him. Yeah, so... I wouldn't go that far. I think that, you know, you, you have a, a give and take relationship with, with a, a market and with a team, a, a franchise that believed in you enough to trade away one of their more popular players in George Hill. And of course the trade is a no brainer, but yeah, I, I like, I, I agree. Like ultimately I don't think anybody really owes anybody anything. Like I think that we overhype that narrative. A lot of the times we talked about that with DeMar DeRozan, We've talked about that with Kevin Durant. We've talked about that even with Isaiah Thomas, where I think it was the most cold-blooded move that we've seen in the NBA in the last couple of decades. But I would say, uh, if I was a Spurs fan, I don't even I don't even want that at this point from Kawhi. Like I'm ready to move on too, and and I don't need that statement, like that that, that hollow statement. And if I'm a Raptors fan, I think that the the two things in concert, the Danny Green's the Danny Green comment on his podcast about kind of t- or the way that he talked about Kawhi and and tiptoed around uh, any criticism of him or that he has in the last two, I think is indicative of how the Raptors are going to have to treat Kawhi when it comes to the media anyways. I don't know what will be said behind closed doors or how they handle him because none of us do. But from a media standpoint, it's keep Kawhi's name out of your mouth when you're talking to the press. Do not be critical of Kawhi Leonard this year. I think that that is going to be something that they adopt from the San Antonio situation. And for Kawhi Leonard, Raptors fans, if you're looking for him to get all so uh, all sappy about this place and you know love the playoff matchups and get 
get emotional about Jurassic Park and start uh, really giving you his feelings, uh, this is who he is and get used to that. You're not going to hear a lot from Kawhi. This isn't going to be DeMar DeRozan 2.0 with, uh, with the quips, but I think we already knew that. So Greg Monroe or anything else on that? No, I, I mean, I think Kawhi will have to address San Antonio at the beginning yeah, when of the he year goes. once yeah. and then it'll be put to bed and then no one will talk to him for the rest of the season, most likely. And <laughs> yeah. that, but I, the, the, the benefit for this team and, and really in a sense for this market and for this media group is that there, there are, you're right. Losing DeMars is huge. Losing Casey, to be honest, is, is huge as far as access to, uh, members of the team, a thoughtful media, like uh, a thoughtful media quote. Yeah. And I think nurse will, will be very good in, in that realm. He's been good already, but there are, I think there's a bunch of guys who will pick up the slack. Do they have the name in cachet as tomorrow? No, but Kyle, when he's in the mood is, it can be good with the media. And there yeah. are guys like Fred and Pascal. How long um, often does that mood come around for Kyle Lowry? Would you say once a month? Um, no, it's no, it's fifty fifty. I'd say oh, it's fifty fifty. Okay. Um, but I mean, to be honest, it's a better percentage than I have. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I get paid to talk for a living. Yeah. Um, no, there's a with, with Pascal and Fred and Green who loves to talk. We already know, um, and he he's already um, you know been very vocal. And the guy's not even really here yet. There's a bunch of guys that I think are going to pick up the slack. Where there'll be a lot of interesting fun stories to follow with this team. Yeah. I do wonder though, if this Raptors team, like I always think you take on the personality of your best player and your star. Right. And without DeRozan last year was all about fun, 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 fun. And this team is fun and everyone's having a great time and we're going to show you, but we like, we're going to hashtag prove them. Right. That was what the Raptors were all about, but they took on the personality of, of, DeMar DeRozan more so than Kyle Lowry. Now you have Kawhi Leonard, this like quiet guy who lets his work do the talking, which I actually respect because like even Kawhi, when he wants to get, uh, he wants to be more visible from a, a marketing standpoint. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything that's off the court. Like I just want the results to speak for themselves. Like what I do on the field or on the court. And it's like, I respect some of that. I think that he's oblivious to some of it as well. Like he could really help himself with some minor adjustments, but that ultimately it's okay. But so you have this guy at the, as the head of the snake who he and Kyle Lowry both are these mercurial guys and the Raptors flamed out last year and it caused wide sweeping changes. I do kind of get the sense that this year's Raptors team is going to be a little bit more in FU mode that they are going to look at the media and say, everybody turned on us last year when we lost to the Cavaliers. Nobody believed in us this season and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. And they've also got guys like Fred Van Vliet who have that type of personality as well. They've already got guys like OG and Anobi. Like there's, there's guys that are going to be, couldn't they say that last year and the year before that? They could have, like, but that's the thing that always nobody had believed in them ever. Right. But they had DeMar DeRozan. And even if you think about like the affable guys on the team, Casey gone, DeRozan gone, Yakin skills broken up. Like, what are you looking at right now in terms of the, the, the happy go lucky dudes on this team that are going to be generously giving a quote, like Danny green's going to be doing his podcast. He obviously likes talking to media. You'll be able to get a bite from him. And, and I don't know how much people even care about this. We'll move off of it off the podcast, but I just think the personality of the team is going to change drastically. And I actually think that's for the better. Like, I think that come where this team is at right now, that has to be for the better because we've questioned the toughness of this team and the mental fortitude of this team. 
And having that type of mentality, I think, can be beneficial for them moving forward because as long as the personalities don't implode in the locker room, i.e., you know, a clash between Kawhi and Kyle, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi would have to, to speak to clash with someone. Um, I, I just think in life, we are motivated by what we're incentivized by. Mm-hmm. And when we do things and we get positive reinforcement by them, we tend to want to do them and take a little bit more pride in them. And so, you know, if someone says, Hey, JD, man, you're, you're, you're really in good shape. You're really dressing well. You're just like, Oh, wow, that's part of my identity. I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm dressing, looking good and I'm in shape. And so with this Raptors team by default, like with their eyes closed, they're going to be again, a top five yeah, defensive 50 team. plus win team. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're going to be top five defensive team. This team, could be the top defensive team mm-hmm. in, in the league, depending on how much the Warriors care um, and and what type of season defensively the Jazz end up having and, and the health of Rudy Gobert. And so when you have so many defensive-minded guys who are kind of thrown together, I think that's going to end up being the identity of this team. Sure. They're going to be scrappy. They're sure, go, they're on going the court. To be, yeah. On the court, that makes sense. I'm just saying off of it in terms of the way that they handle their approach to the media and even the fan base and just like, how they come off not like nationally is that I think that they're going to be the, the chip on the shoulder team this year. And that like the whole, you but can't really preach. You say they were hashtag proven before. No, Isn't because, that chip, chip no, because man, that's what we talked about. It was like family. Look at, look at the way it was on Raptors TV. Like you've seen those commercials or NBA TV a million times over, right? NBA TV. What do you see? DeRozan playing with his kids, the family sign him up in the locker room. Masai Ujiri talking about family, Dwayne Casey talking about family. Like the Raptors were this, they were building a culture and the culture was supposed to be around people and fostering relationships and building basketball out from that. Now it's one thing. It's one goal. Masai Ujiri has put it up on the board. You got one year to win a championship or to get to a finals. We just got Kawhi Leonard clocks ticking. Guess what? Kyle Lowry coming to the end of your career, coming to the end of the contract clocks ticking. Serge Ibaka. We're not happy with you. We're not happy with this contract clocks ticking. Everybody now is on the clock before it changes over this youth movement. And when you make that the goal, the only goal where it's like, you're in that look of there's no timeline. It's just one year. You don't have, you don't, you've already had your, you've already had your time. Now it's just championship or bust. I think that that, and you take out the most, uh, the, the most likable personality on your team, the most, one of the most likable personalities in all of the NBA and you replace him with mercurial Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. That, that has a pretty big impact on what your team is going to look like from a personality standpoint. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Like, so the goal is the Larry O'Brien. So they have a mural in their locker room. It's, it's photos of all the guys with their families in black and white. And it spells out family. Yeah. Are they going to, tear that down now no, but the it, goal it rings is hollow Larry but it rings hollow it's complete bs but my point is like how does that manifest itself like so demar derozan is a job no, explaining it. is no longer going to be in commercials with yep. his kids so what 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 does that mean like tangibly what does that mean i don't like, know what it means the, the team is going to walk around the city like and be like don't talk to me i've got a chip on my shoulder like yeah. I, I just don't i what what difference does it make they're better on the court you wouldn't say that last year's raptors team was really fun like not just to watch, but that the, it seemed like a really the fun bench, team. The, the bench was fun. Yeah, and so was Demar Derozan, and so was his buddy buddy relationship with Kyle Lowry, and so was Jonas Valanciunas with his like off color comedy, like his off brown comedy. Like they were a they were a fun team, and I'm just saying that I don't think the Raptors are going to be a fun locker room team anymore. I think they're going to be fun to watch, maybe even more fun to watch. 
but that the personality of the team is going to change drastically based on this off season. Yeah. I, I still think the bench mob is going to be fun. I still think JV is going to, the two best buddies on bench things. mob are broken up. One of them's gone. So let's move there. That's a good tipping or a, a good segue into the next uh, part of this conversation because Greg Monroe signs for a veteran minimum deal, a couple million bucks for our one year in Toronto becomes their backup center. I guess my questions to you when you first heard about the signing were one is, I guess, what do you think of Monroe as a player? But two is, do you think the Raptors even needed to add a backup center? Cause I'm not sure they did. Yes, I do. Okay. I do. If Serge Ibaka blew out his knee tomorrow, you'd need another big, like, I, I think, yeah, I think they needed another big. Sure. Because and, but if, if an injury happens, you can go sign someone from somewhere. Right. Or you could already just have that yep. ready-made option. The other thing is, and I think we'll probably disagree on this. I'm not comfortable playing Pascal Siakam big minutes at the five. People make the, the, the comparison to Draymond Green and playing small. You know what Draymond Green does? He weighs about 50 more pounds than Pascal Siakam does. Yeah. And I think Pascal Siakam's greatest ability is when he's far away from the basket, when he's switching on smaller defenders and it's not an issue for him, when he's out on the break and running. And so I I don't think at this point in his career, physically, he can play big minutes at the five. And so I'd rather have him being a Tasmanian devil as a four than playing so small that that he's at the five. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with that. And I think that, what did you say about last season? What was your thing? Research and development, mm-hmm. right? Research yeah. and development, research and development. I think that that's the case for this regular season. So, 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 so much that they really need to find out exactly what lineups they can employ and who is going to be their guys come later in the year. Because again, they've, they've made it very clear that this year is a championship or bust season. Uh, it's at least at the very least a being in the finals or bust season. So, I look at that and say, yeah, do I want to see Pascal Siakam at the five? Do I want to see those lineups? Like, abso-freaking-lutely. We need to see it. We need to know what works. We need to know if a Pascal, OG, Kawhi, and then the and uh, Kyle slash Fred Van Vliet lineup works or some iteration of that. We need to see all those things. We need to get sample sizes of them. They can't be too... Uh, they can't come into the season and be kind of like what Dwayne Casey was last year, where it was like wholesale line change, right? Where you already have your starting lineup. It's not flexible and you have your bench. And the only thing that really changed from a rotational standpoint last year was the minutes of Norm Powell, that it became dead set basically right away and how it was employed. And you could set your watch to it. I want to see Nick nurse and, and his creativity with some of these lineups, because I think that there are a lot of questions as to who's going to deserve these minutes. I'm not sure that CJ miles has a place on this team anymore. Like I'm really not, I don't know what it is. I don't know what Norm Powell can be. I don't know what we're going to get from Danny green. Is he a crunch time guy? Is he a deep bench guy? Are we going to see like some flourishment from guys like DeLon, Wright? What's he going to be with? Like, was he looked pretty good as a wing player last year down the stretch? Looked like he was starting to be able to shoot threes. So can you get minutes at the four from OG Ananobi? There's, there's a lot of questions, right? Of, of where guys can play. Why I don't think they needed a five, though, is not because of the Siakam thing, although it's, I guess, a little part of it, but more so that I think the Raptors just needed another forward over a center. I want to see Serge Ibaka at the five. Like, I I think we have enough of a sample size now that it's really not going to work out for him long term as the starting power forward of the Toronto Raptors. Like, that, that spot needs to be occupied by 
probably Siakam or even OG Ananobi if 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 he so if if they so choose to play him at the four. I'd like to see more surge at the five minutes, and I'd like to see JV kind of. I like JV as a starter. I think the regular season, you you like him as a starter more because it's those tougher minutes. It's a grind. It's a slog to get through those 82 games. That's why having a guy like Greg Monroe is, is good for the regular season because you can get through it with a rebounder and a post score and, and someone that can grind out, you know, garbage time minutes, either in a blowout your way or in the other way. But as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, I don't want to see any of Greg Monroe. And out of, for my backup bigs, I want one of two things, rim protection or toughness. We saw this when we had Bismack Biombo here in Toronto. He provided rim protection and toughness. We saw that with the second unit last year with Jakob Pertl. Maybe it's a little lacking on the toughness, but some rim protection, someone who could hover around the basket. And what I don't like about the idea of Greg Monroe in the second unit especially is, what would you say made the bench mob bigs so special and that unit so special? Like they're calling cards. Defense, defense, defense. Defense and running the floor. And what does Greg Monroe do either of those things? No, no, he's a plotter. He doesn't get up and down the floor very quickly and he doesn't protect the rim. And so if I'm trying to slide him into that second unit and I'm trying to get minutes with him with bench mob, he's just such a drastic shift from what Jakob Pertl is. I don't like the fit. I've never liked Greg Monroe as a player. And I just don't think he replicates any of the things you want in a good backup center. So I just, it's a fine signing because it's a minimum veteran minimum signing two million bucks one year who cares but ultimately I, I think that the Raptors had different needs and I would have seen them rather grab a four and if they were going to go with a center I would have rather them gone with someone like Lucas Nagara. I hate to say it because I'm not even a Bebe fan but someone who can provide you some shot blocking and who can run the floor a little bit yeah I, I, I certainly wouldn't um, be upset if they signed Bebe that's what I thought they were going to do I, I think it's more of a value play I'm getting a guy who is, can give you 10 and 6, uh, and I'm getting him at very low money. And I think there's a reason why Greg Monroe played 51 games last year, because he either fits, depending on what the other big situation is for the yeah. team you're playing, or he doesn't. So he will play anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, or he'll play zero. And I'm hoping it's much less than 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it, it, I think that depends on the health of the other bigs. And mm-hmm. I think that depends on, to your point, how many minutes Serge is playing at the five mm-hmm. and how many minutes Serge is playing at the four. I, 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 there, there, I mean, there's, there's the overarching question is, do they split up Serge and JV in the starting yeah. lineup? And that will be instructive as to what they do with Greg Monroe, because if they don't split them up, I think Greg Monroe is your bench mob starting five because I don't okay. think they're going to start Pascal Siakam at the five um, in the bench unit. Uh, so this is where it leads into the rotational questions. Because I thought about that too. If you were looking at wholesale hockey change like Dwayne Casey did, then it would make sense that Greg Monroe is going to be your bench five, right? With the bench mob five. But are you already convinced just based on the depth that this team has that Nick nurse is going to employ a, at least somewhat similar strategy to Dwayne Casey, where he plays, you know, 10 slash 11 guys. I am. And here's why. And it's not just because that's what they did before. And they won 59 games. It's because part of basketball and I, and I agree there's going to be research and development this year. I think it's the, the phrase I would use to describe this regular season is, 
in conference, out of conference, like an NCAA team, you're doing things against teams that you're going to crush. And then when it comes to conference play, you're just trying to get those wins. And I think when you're playing the Sixers and the Celtics and the Bucks and the Wizards, you're just trying to get wins. But when you're playing the Hornets on down, I think there's going to be a lot of tinkering. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is cool by me. Here's why I do think they that we were going to see hockey lineups because as much as you want to tinker and as much as you want, you know, you have all these interesting pieces and you can kind of use them as, as chess pieces on the board. Basketball to its core is still a game of relationships and familiarity. And it's tough to build that when you're playing with all different guys in all different situations, in all different spots against all different uh, defenses and offenses. And so the the one thing, especially for high-level athletes who are creatures of habit, the one thing that breaking up those two lineups did was it gave those guys some familiarity. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm DeLon, I know exactly when Fred is in trouble. I need to show hard and give him an outlet to pass the ball. And I know when I should make a play with it or give it back to him. Um, I know exactly when when... Well, I mean, Jakob's not in here anymore, but Jakob was going to slip and not actually kind of set the screen. I, I, I think those things are important, especially for that second unit who can't just out-talent people. Mm-hmm. And when that second unit played, the, they, they instinctually fed off of each other. It's not like they had more talent than the people they were playing against. They had more energy and they had more chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I do think that it won't be a great departure, as some people think it might, from the two lines. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think that they're going to early on, again, because they have so many players, have a meritocracy where there's a shorter leash for guys that are not performing with the exception of, you know, the Kyle Lowry's and Kawhi's, the guys that you're absolutely going to need later in the season. But that, you know, someone like uh, Norm Powell, when he gets his chances, it's going to be like last year where you're going to be out of the rotation if you don't, if you don't provide uh, defense and, and three-point shooting and getting to the basket and so on and so forth. That if you go through struggles, that you're, it's going to be harder and harder for you to get minutes. What The front court one, I think that the best strategy for them, early on anyways, is to keep those two guys, JV and Serge, at the five and four, but then have that first substitution be essentially what we saw last year, later in the year, which is move Serge to the five and then bring in Pascal Siakam to play the four. So he essentially subs in for... Serge Ibaka's minutes, and then you can sit JV and bring him back in accordingly. And that's why I don't really see the room for Greg Monroe, because when you need that big to come back in, I'm either bumping an OG up to a four spot or going small ball and then playing JV back at the five. I don't really see where the minutes are for Monroe. That's that's always been my, my, my little bit of a rotational gripe with him. When it comes to the hockey wholesale changes, I, I just don't see how it's going to work this year. I, I agree with you about the chemistry of the second unit. It was special, but one of the pieces is gone now and you've brought in there's, there's too many pieces now to, to think that to me anyways, that guys aren't going to be able to get looks with that group or that those guys are just going to be solidified in their spot. Right? Like what happens with OGN and OB? Is he a starter this year? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. So if he's on the bench, like where does he, like where does he slot in with that group? Who ends up getting bumped out? CJ miles. Okay, so that's what I'm saying, though. So all of a sudden, C.J. Miles is out. And, like, where is he? 
Like, what, what do you do with C.J. Miles? I don't, like, is he an $8 million bench piece that you break in, t- in case you need a late game three? Yeah, I think so. To yeah. start, anyway. Okay, maybe. I, I Like, I'm not against that. I, I think that there's a real possibility of that happening. I just think that eventually they're going to want to whittle the rotation down so that it's not something that is 10 guys. That they're going to want to go back to the more traditional, as we get close to playoff times, these are the eight dudes that we play. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, the the Celtics, I think, this year are also going to have to play a lot of guys. This is not going to be an issue that's unique Agree. to them. Agree, but they kind of have their higher their hierarchy is a little bit clearer because they have more of a delineation between their best six or seven guys and the, the rest of them. It's just more about who's going to touch the ball more with that group. With the Raptors, I would just say this. I think that you're right. Again, I agree with you about the chemistry of Benchmont, but I also think that it worked against them a little bit last year in the sense that Casey was tinkering so much with his rotations and, and pulling players and certain guys didn't exactly know what their role was. The crunch time. Remember how much we talked about crunch time. Who's the crunch time lineup. Who's the crunch time go to guys. What are they going to do in the final five minutes of the game that once it got to the playoffs, they were still grasping at straws to the degree where all of a sudden, you know, Lucas Nogueira is getting, uh, is getting minutes in a playoff game against the Cavaliers. That they're like, what? What are we doing here? In fairness, that was the idea of the guy who's now the Maybe. head coach. Of the so, team. so we think. So we think. But you're right. I'm just saying that they got so convoluted and they over tinkered to the point, and they had so many different options that I think that it it it, it screwed up decision making and it screwed up some clarity for the players. But this is also about talent economics, right? Yep. So you mentioned the Celtics top six and seven. Let's let's look at the top six and seven in Houston and Golden State. The Philadelphia. Houston only has seven. The other. Agreed. Yeah. The other upper echelon teams, if you are only playing six, seven, eight, your six, seven, eight, your top six, seven, eight has to be better mm-hmm. than the other elite teams, top six, seven, eight for you to beat them. Right. That's just, that's just simple logic, right? That's deductive reasoning. That's not going to be the case, even with Kawhi. So I'm not sure. So, so then well, we'll, we'll find out. So then your, your pathway to success is, well, my 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 10 or my 9 or my 11 whatever it ends up being is pretty good and and keeps such a high level and some guys are performing above their projections cuz they're playing a little bit lesser minutes or they're playing in only specific roles where they can succeed and where they're not getting exposed and so now the strength in my numbers literally can have me overcome the strength of your 678 top-end talent. No, and it worked for them in the regular season last year, and it can work for them in the regular season this year, right? It helps you shelter players. It helps you with, like, let's be honest. I don't think Kawhi's going to play 82 games this year. Like, I think you're hoping he plays 70. Would you take that? You take 70 games from Kawhi this year? Uh, yeah. Right. I, I just take him being healthy in But that's what April I'm saying, though. You got you to gotta shelter his minutes a little bit. You got to protect him. You got to protect Kyle Lowry. There's going to be nights off for Serge Ibaka. There's probably even going to be nights off for... A uh, guy in OG and an OB who, who like, I don't think they're going to throw all the minutes in the world at a guy that is a, like a year off of a really tough leg injury. So I think that they're going to still shelter minutes for players and the regular season, they're going to, they're going to have that luxury, but as they get closer and closer and closer, I think that you're going to see a more refined unit and you're going to see a more refined rotation that has less guys in it even if it is at the expense of some really good players and, and, and forces some really tough decisions for Nick nurse. So the, the, the total, the win total for the Raptors this season is 54 and a half. Again, uh, if you had to pick right now, 
Are you taking over or under 54 and a half wins for the Toronto Raptors? I'll say it's a fair number. So Raptors fans relax. It's a very fair number. It's the exact same as the Houston Rockets, but I will take the over. I will too, because again, I think the Raptors just have too much depth. I just don't see how they walk in against, you know, the, the lesser lights of the Eastern conference and don't steamroll them even with giving players off nights. And if you remember the Raptors last year, like they, they hit some snags down the stretch that pushed them away from 60 wins. And also the Cavs are the conference. And I know that's only a few games, but and I, what I mean about Cavs are the conference is LeBron is out of the conference. And so the Cavs, the dynamic of that team has shifted greatly. I don't view another team or a couple of teams in the Eastern conference as, wow, they got so much better. Who's the, who's the Eastern conference team that you look at and say, well, they're going to be a lot. They're going to be a lot tougher out this year for the Raptors. The Boston Celtics. Okay, and then after them, but they were already right there. They were already the toughest out for Toronto, other than Cleveland. Right, but they've virtually added two All Stars. No, I to got the you. I got you. At the end I got you. Um, I, I mean, I think the Sixers take another step just because they're so young. Okay, they're just they're naturally going to improve, and they were already okay. really good. Like we forget to end the regular season, the Sixers were. Playing better than the Raptors were. Yep. Regardless of where they were in the standings. But other than that, no one. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, Milwaukee's somewhat interesting. They've got new leadership. Giannis the, gets better every day. That's every year Milwaukee offseason story. We talk ourselves True. into that team. I, I said interesting. Yeah. Giannis could win the MVP. Like, yeah. you just, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's an outlier. But other than that, no. Washington, hell no. <laughs> Washington with Beal Wall and D12 is going to be fireworks. Well, any team with Dwight Howard is is going to be worse than they were before they yeah, got him. Yeah, but John Wall and Merching Gortat last year were calling each other out on national television. What's well, it going to be when you swap out Gortat, well, a popular teammate for Dwight Howard? Well, Gortat wasn't popular with John Wall yeah. and John Wall recruited Howard and John Wall is oh, the face of the franchise. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, the East, I think the East is balanced at the top, Yeah, but they, you took the team that was you know, arguably the best in the conference because they continue to go to the finals and now they're going to be one of the worst in the conference and no one else really got much better. Yeah. I, I still think that the Raptors can survive 15 games without Kawhi Leonard, 10 games where Kyle Lowry sits similar to stuff and, and, still get around that total. Mm-hmm. Like I still think they're a 50 win team, even under that scenario. So that's why I would take the the slight over. I don't think that they're going to hit last year's win total. I don't think they're a 59 win team. I think that the Celtics do win the conference as of right now, but I I would say that the, the Raptors will be yes, pretty close. They'll be somewhere between 54 and, and 59 wins. So I'll take the over because I just see it being more likely they're there than between, you know, 48 and 54. Um, so yeah, no disrespect there. Where does the disrespect level come in for? I want to close on this, uh, unless you got something after Christmas day. Uh, okay. Okay. Perfect. That's perfect. Cause I, I haven't talked to you about this. I didn't even bring it up, uh, at all really in the text or my feelings. I don't know if you saw my tweet about it. I talked about it on good show yesterday. Um, I don't like that reaction. You you just kind of, I said Christmas day and you gave me kind of an eye roll. Like, Oh, here we go again with Raptors fans. I'd like to lay out my case of why this upsets me on, on the surface. I get it. People look at the Raptors fan base and they say, Oh my God, stop bitching about every little thing. You don't get put on the front page of ESPN.com because LeBron scored 54 points. When you took the conference lead, like relax, it's not disrespect all the time. 
And I think we overplay this and we've become like, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy here with Toronto a little bit. Like the fans look for every little slight as though if the Raptors don't lead every national news, uh, like outlet in this, in the U S or every publication, it doesn't have a story about them that all of a sudden there's some slight and some disrespect to the Toronto Raptors. I thought you said this angers you. I'm waiting for the other side. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times it's not justified. And I didn't expect the Raptors to be on Christmas Day. I really didn't. I, I said I thought it was like a plus 200 bet, like a plus 200 to plus 250 bet that the Raptors be playing. Because why? Because for national audiences in the United States, they are not a huge needle mover. In fact, I think as our as it was posted by sportsmediawatch.com, they are 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15. They're 16th out of the teams that got national television games last year uh, in the United States. So they're 16th. Which makes sense because you're like, okay, there's a 16th team. They don't move the needle. Maybe they get the Spurs matchup. But the, I always thought the Spurs matchup on Christmas was a little awkward because do you really want Kawhi Leonard going to San Antonio and on Christmas Day having, you know, people shouting expletives at him and, and really kind of taking some joy out of the holiday? I just thought it was kind of an ugly look for the league if they did that. Because that hasn't happened to Kevin Durant and LeBron sure, James and Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't, Kevin Durant, I don't believe, went to Oklahoma City on Christmas Day. He didn't go there last year. No, but he but, went back yeah, to Oklahoma City he, in primetime situations. He did, but I'm saying on Christmas where it's all about, like, you know, the holiday spirit and forgiveness and cheer and joy and kindness. It's a weird look to be showing Spurs fans with signs that are like, F you, Kawhi! <laughs> like, and him getting booed as he enters in San Antonio. So I just thought it was a weird, weird fit. But here's why I think Raptors fans have a justification. You had the best team in the Eastern Conference last year in the regular season. You won 59 games, and you swapped out DeMar DeRozan for a finals MVP player. You got one of the deepest teams in the league. And so everyone knows about the team they have. But what I find really interesting is some of the teams that were named to that Christmas Day schedule. So I mentioned that Toronto is 16th on the list of teams that had a, they had a national average audience of 1.4 million people last year. Uh, when they got their five national TV games, Milwaukee, who had 10 games, averaged 1.3 million, less than the Toronto Raptors. They were 18th on this list. Portland, 1.3 million. Same thing. Down. They're even further down the list. They're like 20th on this list. And dead last, dead freaking last in terms of drawing a national audience last year in their seven games with the Utah Jazz. 1.06 million people watched them when they were on national television. If you're not going to put the Raptors on, that's one thing. But if you're not going to put them on so that you can put Utah, Portland, and Milwaukee? Ugh. And I don't mention the Knicks because, again, the Knicks are one of the most watched teams nationally. They get almost $2 million or $2 million people per national TV, like, uh, per sitting. So, fine. I get it. You want to sell the merch. But for Toronto, you're getting the global reach of the everyone in Toronto that's going to be watching it. I know that you don't sell that to U.S. advertisers, but you do sell these numbers to U.S. advertisers, and they move the needle more than three of the teams on the list. They have a superstar player that's much better than Damian Lillard. Like, who's, who isn't tired of the Portland Trailblazers at this point? So you want to see Donovan Mitchell more than Kawhi Leonard on a new team? No chance. Even Giannis Antetokounmpo is like, okay, fine. Maybe you want to push Giannis a little bit on Christmas Day against the Knicks. Okay, fine. I can kind of hear that one. But the other two is just completely nonsensical. Plus, if we're talking about merchandise here, who buys more merch than Toronto? 
It's like the fifth or sixth largest market in North America. You put Christmas Day merchandise up here, and everybody's going to be rocking that around the holiday season. The Raptors have big-time fashionable stuff. You don't think so? Like, that? that's not going to sell like hotcakes? You don't still see the res residual effects from We the North? People still rocking We the North stuff? Like, I think that this is a justified what, what the hell happened here, NBA? Like, how did you not give the Raptors a game against, say, the Rockets, or even against the, the Utah Jazz over the Portland Trailblazers. Adam Silver's a finance guy, right? Like, we, we agree, he likes money. Like, he's, that's his sole interest. Let's grow the pie. Betting, all about it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, sponsorship on the jersey, don't care. That's not sacrilegious. Sign the check. Yep. If it made financial sense for the Raptors to play on Christmas Day. So you think that the Portland Trailblazers make more financial sense than the Toronto Raptors? Here's what I think. Or the Utah Jazz. I think these schedules are made well far in advance but before we think they are because mm -hmm. of building availability, um, be, because of how it impacts the rest of the schedule, so on and so forth. So I'm not certain this schedule wasn't made before Kawhi Leonard was a Raptor. That's one. Okay. Two, I mean, the Milwaukee small market, yes, but... Giannis, a big name, not just in America. So is Kawhi. Worldwide. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He was finals MVP. And he now doesn't have a shoe deal. And, and By Giannis his own just, choice. Really? By yes. his own choice? He said, Jordan, I don't want your money? Yeah, or he they did. said He literally said that. Well, we'll, we'll see if he gets a better one. <laughs> yeah, Do you have will. confidence he's going to get a better one? I don't know. No, you don't. You wouldn't lay money that he's going to get a good shoe deal. What do you, well, what do you we mean don't. Good? We don't think the Claw 2.0 is coming out in stores. Although his 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 logo is ugly. I hate the Kawhi Leonard hand thing. Well, whatever. Go on. The Kawhi Leonard is a great player. He's not a. He's not a. He's not a great star. He's yeah. not. Some, he's not someone the league is trying to sell, or or someone that people are are actively consuming. What, 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 when's the last time you saw someone wear a Kawhi Leonard jersey? Never. Exactly. When's so the that, last time you saw a guy wearing Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey? Everyone in Greece. Damian Lillard jersey. Everyone in Greece. So they're trying to get Greece on board on Christmas Day? What time is it in Greece during these games? Get out of here with that. I'm just saying that from a television standpoint, the Raptors have the numbers to back it up that they're better and bigger, for, even in the U.S., than those three markets. And plus, you still want to grow the game in Canada. And there are a lot of people that are going to still follow hockey here and that do not have the reach for basketball. But you know what they do? They watch the odd basketball game on Christmas Day, that there is some intrigue in seeing LeBron James versus the Golden State Warriors on Christmas with your family, even if you're not a big basketball fan. All of a sudden, you throw Kawhi Leonard there and the Raptors, and you have a chance to grab a whole bunch of casual audience members. I would have thought that the Raptors as an organization, would have put a little pressure on the NBA because they would want that as well. They're a respected organization. Masai Ujiri has Adam Silver's ear, and the Raptors make a lot of money. So yeah, they and then would Adam have been Silver able to push is going to explain to Masai all the things that I'm explaining to you. But you're Plus, not explaining it. That's what I'm saying. TV numbers, Raptors, market, not Raptors, star, Raptors, no, record over the last three years. You can't say star Raptors. Raptors. You can't say star Raptors because he doesn't speak. No, I'm saying they have these things. They have all these things. But he's a, So what he doesn't speak, what does what does Damian Lillard ever say? He drops He a, raps. Yeah, he so what? Got, oh, he has a personality. He raps once. He drops. He does the five bar Friday thing or whatever four bar Friday thing on the, Twitter. The every point once is, in a while. there are storylines around those teams. What's oh the storyline around Portland, Utah? Well, sell it to me now. Well, boom, 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 boom. well Utah. Don, who's Utah playing, by the way? The Portland Trailblazers. Right. So, so you have you have a great guard matchup. Number one, Donovan Mitchell. You have that star. with Kyle Lowry. No, no. How many? How many people? 
are, are really invested in the next step of Kyle Lowry's career. Who's invested How- in the Portland Trailblazers backcourt? We've seen them for years. They wanted to blow them up. They did everything in their power to get rid of those two guys. Yusef Nurkic, that's their third best player. Well, the other thing you're not, you're also not they accounting for. They smoked out of the playoffs last year in four games. The other, the other thing you're not accounting for is that you have to balance it because of the time. Sure. So you need some West Coast teams. How many people live in Portland? I don't know why. I just think it's a very tiny city. I think that more people in Toronto are so staying you, up so much in Portland. So you think you think the actuarial scientists went to the NBA schedule makers and like, here's the here are the eight teams that you should profile that make you know the how many most people live sense. in Portland. Not six hundred thousand people. <laughs> it's like Scarborough. <laughs> Get out of here, Portland. We really need those six hundred thousand people in Portland watching basketball. If, if you if you want to argue that there's another Western Conference team that should be playing. And instead of Portland, go ahead. Mm. But the, we know the Lakers are going to have a bunch of high-profile games. We know the Rockets are going to have high-profile sure, games. I'm not arguing against those As teams. are the Thunder and the Warriors. I got no gripe with Rockets, Thunder, Lakers, Warriors, Knicks. I got a problem with the other three teams. That's all. That's I, all. I think that Raptors fans in this one, they're justified to be pissed off that they don't have a game. And I, I really don't like the whole take from people because I saw this a lot on Twitter that was like, Get over it, Raptors fans. Oh, not this conversation again. It's like people want to see their team in a marquee game. They want to see them on the biggest stage with some cool-ass gear. Like, what's the problem with that? They want to sit down on Christmas and watch the Raptors play. Like, why is anybody above that? I'm not saying I'm above it. I just, I don't care. Yeah. I don't don't care. You know what? You you shouldn't care because the Raptors are going to be good anyways. And, like, you should, you're going to get to watch every single one of your own games on national television. It's fine here. But, no, it's cool to get the the U.S. announcers for a game because you would probably be getting it for that one. No, I don't even think you would. I don't know, actually. I thought about that. I don't know what you would, but... Which is another reason why it's not a big deal. Because <laughs> you actually would suck. You actually getting more that, U.S. Like, announcers. And you no, but what, it, well, that's what happens in the playoffs. It, why yeah. would it be any different? I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's I, what happens for because I thought maybe ESPN our, games and TNT games. Because, so why would it be different on Christmas? Because I maybe wondered if our networks were like, listen, take Christmas Day off. Doubtful. Take Christmas Day off. Uh, so anyway, oh, we got we have in-game ads to sell, my friend. I'm, I'm pissed off that the Raptors didn't get that game. I, 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 and I think that Raptors fans that are pissed are completely just, if you don't care, that's fine, but don't be the person that's above it all and looks down on people that care about getting that game because it's a, it's a cool game to have. It's like having your football team. It's the same thing to me as if your football team doesn't get a Sunday night game or a Monday night game and they're a good team or they only get one and you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys being like, God damn it. But I get that. Listen, I get that. If you're out of market, if you live in, in Kitchener and you're a Packers fan, and yeah. it means you're going to get to see the Packers. But if guess what? Kitchener, you, live, you just made it seem like. It's well, I'm just saying. If, if you if you if you are <laughs> but no, they're, they're not in that market. But if you live in Wisconsin, you know what? Yeah. You get to see you get to see the Packers every week. Mm-hmm. So I, I so that's the that's a part of it that I really really don't understand. You are going to see mm-hmm. 82 Raptors games. Get Sportsnet one. Get Sportsnet now. You're mm-hmm. going to see them. So it's not as if you're getting this extra thing that you weren't going to get. Mm-hmm. That's the part I don't understand. If anything, you get great basketball on Christmas, and then you get your team for the rest of the year. Okay, we, we're almost at the hour mark, right? We're well past the hour. No, I don't think we're well past. I think we're right there. Let's wrap it up, though. But show. Again, the podcast is showtime. You go. You can do the same thing as ours. You go subscribe. You review. You do everything to that. In fact... Listen, associates, we, it's been a while, but share this podcast with people. When we tweet out the link, you retweet the link. You share it with friends. You tell your mom. You tell your dad. You tell your best friend. Free association. It's the podcast to get. 
we want to keep it number one uh, in this country so that we can we can bring you more and we can bring you better stuff. Uh, but show top three basketball movies. This is your pressure now because this is your big promo. Let's so go. Let's show. go. Show. Do you first of all, first question? Do you still keep White Man Can't Jump in there? It's in the top three. Oh, okay. Give me the other two. Let's okay. go. I don't even know how much of the basketball movie. Like the, the funniest part about that movie is how uh, Wesley Snipes clearly cannot play any basketball. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and Woody Harrelson is so much I think, I think going so with White Man Can't Jump would be three, do. though. And okay. I think the other ones would be He Got Game and Hoosiers. Who Hoosiers number one? Hoosier. Are you kidding me? I love Hoosiers. I love Hoosiers. Oh my god! But there disgusting. is like a like as time goes on, not to be like Mister PC virtue signaler, but there is a little bit of like a everybody loves the like Middle America white team that wins the basketball tournament. <laughs> not, in not this everybody. Yeah. No. I'm so, saying no. I'm okay. saying that it's number like the, one. It is their little. It doesn't really hold up. I have some. Okay. Above the rim. Can above the rim get some love? Yeah. Can, can 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 Sunset Park get some love? That's not even a basketball. Movie. Oh, yes, it is. No, you know what's the best basketball movie? Eddie. No, it's not. <laughs> yes. No, no, it, Gary Payton's no, no. In that movie. We are missing the best one. I'm saving it for last. Show blue chips. Yeah, okay. you're not gonna have blue chips in your top three. Shaq uh, and Penny Hardaway uh, and Nick Nolte. Yeah. Uh, the blue chip switch is actually like still happening. Like uh, it's it's uh, the NCAA is trying to change rules because blue chips is actually still a thing. I think my top three basketball movies, I would I I would probably still have Hoosiers in there as well. Oh, Hoosiers, Hoosiers is really good. Like I no, I cried during Hoosiers. Well, like that's a, I do. That's, that's a real that's a real basketball Ooh, movie. Hoosiers you, to me, like I said, there's still some stuff that makes you cringe, but. Hickory high forever. Like the there's a reason point of street cred you have. There's, there's a reason lost. why the, the Pacers wear those Hickory high jerseys. Cause they're yeah, fire. Cause they suck. Uh, I, I got to put, he got game in there because I loved Ray Allen. And I remember when it came out and it doesn't hold up as well, but that soundtrack when it came out with public enemy was awesome. Ding. Everybody had that. And so the soundtrack paired with the performance of Denzel, like the scene when the, the prostitutes get beaten up next to her and there. he goes, he goes oh, it's there. like, yeah, it's a like Denzel's man in that movie. And Ray Allen can't really act, but Jesus Shuttlesworth is like, it's synonymous with Ray Allen. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it in there. Uh, you know who's in the running to, to be that character? Yeah. It was Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tracy McGrady, who, Hating on the Raptors offseason. Also, also, you know who's in the running? Apparently, Allen Iverson was in the running. Man, that movie would have been really different if, if it was uh, Allen Iverson. If it was Allen Iverson, you know, here here's a sneaky, really good uh, basketball movie, Pistol. Do you ever see that? It's about Pistol Pete Maravich. No, but it's just like a. It's not a documentary. It's like a. What do they call those? Biopic is that the term? Yeah, biopic. That's a good one. I I was inspired by that one as a kid because he brought a basketball everywhere he went. So for a little while, I was like doing the same thing. Uh, but above the rim is really good too. But it's, ugh, it's depressing. All right, the next show, show yeah. your top three basketball docs, and put some thought into it because I was widely disappointed with your top three. Movies. <laughs> you're just mad because they're Hoosiers. Yeah, your Kareem's is in there somewhere. Hoosiers is good. Man. Shout out Hoosiers to Sunset Park. Sunset Park. Eddie is better than Sunset Park. Uh, okay, we'll be back at again. We're on holiday hours here, so we'll figure it out. We'll tr- we're trying to we're trying to work on some things right now. All right, we we got some things in the work. We got some things in the operation. Uh, but anyways, as always, you give us a tweet. You let us know. Uh, we're still going to do that mailbag at some point that we keep promising. But you know what? The problem is we don't get the the tweets and the comments in the in the comment section with the questions. Once we start getting those, we'll put the mailbag together. I'm JD Bunkus. He's Donovan Bennett. Thanks for listening. 
If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth. In the middle of the universe, then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Word. Amongst the fiends controlled by the screens, what does it all mean, all this shit I'm seeing? <laughs> Human beings screaming vocal javelins, sign of a local unraveling. Uh-huh. My wandering got my wondering. With crisis and all this crisis, hating Satan never knew what nice is. Check the papers, well, I bet on ISIS. More than your eye can see and ears can hear. Year by year, all the sense disappears. Nonsense perseveres, prayers lifts with fear. Beware, two triple O's. It might feel good, it might sound a little something. But damn the game, if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game?